And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. We need another Why the f- do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGM, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, h- how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Dicker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in another Sunday, another Bears loss. Um, I didn't think about this till right now. If you want, I don't know what the math is on the last time the Bears won a game, a Sunday game, but it's been a while because uh, they just won on Thursday. And then the last win last season was on Monday. In New England? Yes. So what was the last win before that? It would have been uh, week one of last year's game. No, it would have been week three. Oh, I forgot about the Texans. Yes, that was a game that happened. They uh, beat the Texans week three last year. That was also their last home win. So 380-something days. Because Bragg's Bragg's said it on the show. It's 380-something days since they last won a home game. So that would also be the last time that they actually made you, the Bears fan, happy uh, on a Sunday afternoon. In person. How many days? 384? Something like that, yeah. So a year in counting... Yeah. Season ticket holders, sweet holders. Can't be happy spending your, your, your money for that. Not great. Not great. Uh, a bad loss today. One that they really like. It just seemed obvious from the start. They just weren't going to play well. I mean, well, you like got a first play guy come- scrimmage where Justin Fields get sacked. Yeah, just completely unblocked on the first play. Didn't have the protection set up right. Fields had two guys he could have thrown to on the right side if he he seemed to have no awareness that there was a guy coming unblocked. Um so that's their first offensive play. First defensive play, you jump off sides. So just not ready to go from the jump, it seemed like. Offense, you know, honestly, the defense played okay. Offensively, just a mess again. You know, those numbers you shared about 12 personnel and play action, I'm really curious to see what that ends up being today. Because if they went back away from that stuff, it seemed like they went away from play action for yeah. sure. I don't know about the personnel. I'd have to check the snap counts. Um, If you talk long enough, maybe I could check yeah. to see if it's ready and updated. So, Well, I yeah, I could do a regular intro. There, First of all, well... Welcome in. We're live on YouTube. Uh, nice little time slot here. Sort of accidental, but I kind of like it. The uh, late window games just ended, and we got, uh, I don't know, about a half hour until the Sunday night game. How was it accidental when we kind of planned it? <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, I don't think we planned it because of that. We Well, I don't know. 
what whatever it doesn't matter we're here and uh we're live on youtube and uh if you're here for the first time please hit subscribe on the youtube channel please uh, hit the like button as well send the link to a friend thanks for fixing your camera johnsy and uh you can find those that amazing polo johnson's wearing right there by the way at hogue I look good, and baby i look good. you always do you always do Thanks, uh it's there on hoganjohns.com all the merch is up there we got hoodies we got hats we got t-shirts it's all there for you and uh please follow us on twitter as well at hogan johns is the show account you can follow us individually at adam hogan at adam johns you can also read johnsy in the athletic theathletic.com slash hogan johns where I didn't know you turned into a scout, my friend, but uh, there's a scouting report on a certain quarterback who plays for a certain team uh, for the University of Southern California where uh, you witnessed Caleb Williams playing football last night and wrote about it. So that's I went athletic. down to South Bend, and guess what? I just happened to cover Caleb Williams' worst game of his collegiate career. <laughs> yeah, I have we'll a figure. regret. I had a regret because I had a shot that I uh, I had queued up and I never sent it before I went to bed last night. But I was definitely blaming you for being in the building. <laughs> I think John Greenberg did. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he beat you to that punch. Yeah, how about that? Um, I want to go see the hype for myself. We'll get into it later in the show because we got a lot of quarterback conversation to get to. But yeah, that was a stinker on national television by the uh, future one, future number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. Yeah, not not great. I mean, a nice play there late, but uh, so you witnessed a lot of bad quarterback play this weekend. Um, I witnessed a lot of bad snaps between uh, what I saw today with the Bears and the uh, the my college football team has the same problem. The whoever the Badger center is, he likes to just do change ups like these little floaters, and like by the time the quarterback catches the ball, every time like he's already sacked. It's really fun, especially when you're playing Iowa. Just kind of uh, dies just, in the air like a knuckleball. Yeah, and I don't know. I'll let you bring up what happened Friday night if you'd like or if you just like to skip uh, it. It's fine. It was cold and rainy. I, I don't know what occurred on that night. I, I stayed indoors like most people should have. It was pouring during the JV game. <sighs> I mean, it was... I'm, I was out there for the first half and like, you know what? I'm going to go get dry for the varsity game um yeah nice little 24 nothing win carmel over notre dame friday night for those wondering what we're talking about i tune you out no i know but i just you know we, i thought our team was very motivated by the uh, minus three spread that you created here on the hogan johns <laughs> podcast and that was all the bulletin board that the corsairs needed that's all you needed all right yeah. since I, I was truly just ignoring you the entire time that's fine right? did you find what i was talking about yes. okay they okay. were 12 personnel for 22 snaps which is down from 27 but the bears had 65 offensive plays so they were in 12 personnel 12 times let me see if i could get the play action percentage but uh is that a percentage or no there wasn't a percentage just 22 okay. of their 65 snaps were in 12 personnel and didn't you have that up to 40% in your numbers no, that was last the, week? The play action. So they had 27 plays of 12 personnel last week. So okay, I guess kind of similar. I, I don't know if anything outrageous there, but I can I look at the play action here in a second. Yeah, well, I just would like to know the comparison and percentage. But um, regardless, like there's a lot of different issues. Um, 
I, I thought Fields was holding on to the ball longer, certainly than he had the last two weeks. I did not see him rolling out as much. I did not see him moving pockets as much. It, it just seemed like they fell into the same traps that they had been in earlier in the season. Um, I thought the running game was there for the most part. They didn't commit to it enough, especially late, even when Bajan's yeah, in It looked like there. it was working. Yeah, it was frustrating. It was... You know, at times it seemed like Getze wasn't trusting the protection slash the quarterback. And I thought this was when Fields was in. I thought it was when Bajan was in. And then there was other times where it was like he also was airing it out in moments where you could have just run the ball. So which one is it? Like, I it, there, there just really didn't seem to be like a rhyme or reason to it. So total play action percentage, play action drop back percentage. The last two weeks, Denver Broncos, 34.1%. Commanders, 30.3%. Today, against the Vikings at Soldier Field, it dropped 12.5%. That is the lowest play action percentage, play action drop back percentage of the season for the Bears. Some of that might have to do with the high blitz percentage of the Vikings but noteworthy nonetheless. Yeah. It just didn't seem like they were prepared for what everyone else seemed to be talking about all week. And I heard a little bit of what DJ Moore said in the locker room that they, it seemed like maybe they dressed some things up differently this week because he talked about some things they did that they like had been on film, but wasn't necessarily what they prepared for. So, so coaching, coaching. Yeah. Co- I mean, I don't know how else to draw it up. I mean, that's what it sounded like. And, well, that's and, what and, the Vikings did. They drew something else up and it worked. Yeah. I mean, we'll look and it's not a hot take to say Brian Flores completely outcoached Luke Getzey today. I mean, now that being said, I, I let's get to the fields injury because I thought on back-to-back plays there, Fields took unnecessary shots. The play right before that, he tucked the ball and picked up two yards when he could have just thrown the ball out of bounds. So I was listening to the radio call of that at that time. And our friend Jeff Joniak, longtime friend of the show, is describing the play. And you just hear Tom Thayer. I'm pretty sure it was Tom Thayer in the background where he just goes, throw it! Like screamed it, like as he's watching the play live. Was this the play that it got hurt on? That it got hurt on. Yeah, bro. So I, yeah, I love that. I didn't know that. That's great because screamed it. Like actually, I think he tried to like hide it a little bit, but completely audible on the broadcast. So we were kind of doing a off the mic bit during the game of how many times I was saying throw it, throw the ball like throughout the game. And apparently on that play, I said it three times before he actually got hit. Throw it, throw it, throw it. And then, and then the, like the most frustrating thing is like, I think he got hurt trying to throw the ball at the end when he was already sacked. He tried to flip it out of bounds. And that's when left his hand in a weird spot. And then he falls on it. And now who knows what's wrong. So the official word for Matt Eberflus, if you missed it, the x-rays were negative. That's good. That being said, there's an MRI tomorrow and it's still not good that he couldn't grip the ball. And so you always worry about ligament damage, possibly still not good. It's never good when a player is ruled out 
in the game rather quickly too, especially for an injury where well the X-rays are negative. They would know that almost immediately. Right. Um so Tom Thayer continued when they had a little break in the action there. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase what he said. I'm probably getting some of it wrong, but quite frankly, he was very critical of the time clock and Justin Fields said, like in that situation against that team, you got to have a certain time clock in your head for getting rid of the ball. And Justin Fields obviously did not. Yeah. It's just felt like one of those games where with the, TV copy that I'm watching in our studio at CHGO. I cannot see who's open downfield. It's just not how they shoot games, except for Amazon Prime. Shout out Amazon Prime that has the uh, next gen all 22 that you can watch live. I love it. But this just felt like one of those games where if it's one thing to hold on the ball, but if they're blitzing that much and where he's looking isn't open, I find it hard to believe that someone else isn't open. I just watched it. Again, TV copy. Field scramble to his left. Cole Komet is, is running across well, down the screen, so to, to Fields' his right. Hand is up. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to see the all-22 because I don't know if someone is a few yards just off camera there, but I don't like saying, oh, he's open. you got to throw it to him because you don't really know where they are in the progressions or where they yeah. are in the reads. Well, I'm, I'm not even really talking about that play even. I'm just talking about in general. It just... From a game plan standpoint, that many blitzes. If DJ Morris is getting double, triple team, like somebody else has to be open. I just, it's, and you got to make it easier for him. And you already quoted the play action percentage. For that being that low, that's kind of disappointing. Especially when you're running the ball pretty well. Right. Yeah. So how'd you think uh, Bajan played? He was fine. Gets the ball yeah. out quickly. I don't yeah, know if he has the uh, the arm strength. I I do think he has more arm strength than that interception throw. By the way, I I feel like he's been criticized a lot for that, especially well post play. Obviously, his interception, short arm that throw. I feel he has more arm strength than that, and that's something that he needs to learn to use. He just needs to learn how to play in the NFL if he gets more experience in it. Yeah, I think both that one and the. I'm pretty, you know, the one where T- Tyler Scott came all the way back and caught the ball. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was trying to throw it out of bounds. He just didn't get it there. Um, Bajan looked like a rookie to me. He's a division two quarterback who went undrafted. It is yeah. what it is. Gets the ball quickly. That's, you know, I, I like that. Yeah. He was definitely getting the ball out quicker. I'm not sure that necessarily means he was reading the field faster. Those are two different things. Um, he might have just been taking what was being given to him faster, which is fine. I think I honestly look, this was both a game the Bears were never really seemed to be in control of or have a chance to win. And yet I still look at it like they sort of just outthought themselves because if they had just played a simpler brand of football on offense, I think they would have won from the jump. Like it just seems like they they made things more complicated than it needed to be against a team that showed you exactly who they are in the Minnesota Vikings. We have breaking news from Jay Glazer. Oh, we do. Do you, do you have that uh, soundbite still? Oh, oh, there was like an old breaking news. I don't. Yes. Okay. So let me read Damn. it. This is from uh, Jay Glazer. 
on X. I don't like the sound of that. On Twitter. Okay. Jay Glazer. Breaking. Bears quarterback Justin Fields dislocated his thumb today, popped it back in, and he tried to play, but was unable to grip the ball. X-ray, X-rays were negative, but because of the, of the dislocation, we'll need MRI tomorrow to find out full severity of damage. Hmm. Not good. So, yeah, you dislocate something and you're worried about ligament damage, obviously, some type of sprain. What's his throwing hand? And it's his throwing hand. So, not good. It's a dislocation. There's damage in there. Damage happened. We might have a uh, Tyson Bajant Brian Hoyer game next week. Because <laughs> you see, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went to the hospital today. Did he? Yeah, they said it was a back injury, but then he went to the hospital. So I, I don't. You, maybe they're worried about internal, some type of internal damage. Who knows? Who does uh, Drake May have next week? JJ McCarthy. Should I hit the road again? It's not a bad idea. Should we start looking up the Michigan and uh see Michigan schedule. We can look this up. Hogan John's road trip. Yeah. Ann Arbor. Ooh, it's Michigan, Michigan State. Oh, there you go. Is it in Ann Arbor or oh, it's East, East Lansing. Lansing? Okay. Where's Drake May playing? Hey, Michigan State has a nice press box. I've been there many times. Uh Notre Dame has a nice press box. There you go. I mean, I'm assuming North Carolina is playing out east somewhere. I don't know why I'm being so slow at Googling this. Yeah, you're very slow. They are uh, at home against Virginia. Okay. I hear Chapel Hill's nice. I've never been there. It's nice at this time of year. I wanted to go to school there, but those jerks won't let me in. Really? Yeah, it's like two, one of two schools I didn't get into, and I was really sad about it. I wanted to go be Michael Jordan. It could have been, too. Keep dreaming. Keep trying. Don't do. give up. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, yeah, so Bajent, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, look, if Bajent has to play, I'm still intrigued by it. You know, this whole thing with Tyson Bajent has been intriguing, but I imagine he's going to continue to kind of look like a rookie. Um, but maybe with a week of preparation, knowing he's potentially the starter, we don't know that, but I don't know that Jay Glazer report. That Jay Glazer report has me thinking it might not be as long-term as I was worried about. Like when Jay Cutler broke his thumb. But it also makes me skeptical that he's going to be able to come back quickly. That makes sense. I mean, at least a week or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Tyson um, Pageant was 10 for 14 for 83 yards today. One sack, long of 24, one interception, and a 56.5 passer rating. So Fine. if he starts, you know, I had a whole. He did lift. lead the old touchdown drive. He did, he did. Yeah, he got in the push push, right? Yes, yes, he scored the touchdown too. Um. So if Tyson Bajent starts next week against the Raiders, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but can I read you this list of quarterbacks that we've watched start games in our tenure of covering this team? Hmm. Am I going to have nightmares? All right, you got Justin Fields and Mitch Trubisky, the one and only Jake Cutler, Jason Campbell, that one night in San Francisco, Josh McCown, he had that big game against Denver, Jimmy Clausen got beat up by Seattle, Brian Hoyer had that high completion percentage going for a while, Matt Barkley resurrected his career, Mike Glennon, awful in four games, Chase Daniel, backup duty for Trubisky, Andy Dalton, remember him? Nick Foles, Trevor Simeon, and Nathan Peterman, who was still on this roster as QB number three. Welcome to the team, Tyson Bajant. You're here. You know what I remember most about that Jason Campbell game? I had the most amazing uh, trout sandwich on the whatever is the main pier down there in San Francisco because that was still a candlestick that game. It had a great afternoon. November's like a great time to be in San Francisco. Like it's actually warmer there for whatever reason. You can go on that field too. It was, yeah. I was still a relatively young reporter. Went down there on the field in like when the game was over, and I was happened to be walking down there with Michael Wilbon, and Wilbon's like, "We can just walk right across the field, right?" I'm like, "Really? Okay, you're Michael Wilbon. I'll do if no, you." Cool. If, yeah, I was on the field uh, for the last five minutes of USC Notre Dame. It was awesome. Oh yeah, they do that in college. It's pretty I nice. Myself, I could do this for a little bit. This, this is cool. 
we'll cover the Fighting Irish. Phone is ringing. Sorry. Or better yet, just go out to California and cover Caleb Williams the rest of the season. It's not bad. What do you got there? Oh, um, I thought you had something. No, nothing. Nothing. I mean, it could be something. Um, can we talk about what Flus had to say, though, about the changing in the centers? Yes, please do. I, I, I think you should start by... I want to defend Cody White here a little bit because I feel like he's he's had a good, strong, solid run here with the Bears. And it's coming to an end in a... a pretty unspectacular way here playing a position I don't think he wants to play. Center? Center. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. And Cody's always been a gamer. Um, But look, these snaps, and it's not just him, it's Lucas Patrick was having the same issue before, before Cody was at center. These snaps have been awful this year. Uh, Carm had a good bit on our pregame show today where someone gave him a gold glove, like a replica gold glove award for the CHGO softball team winning the uh, uh, softball league. He, he must and he, love that. And he was awarding it to Justin Fields for how many great plays he's made in the field, just fielding these snaps this season. Like, that's pretty good. It, it messes so many things up just in terms of timing, your eyes and all that. Timing, footwork, eyes. Yes. It, it, like, I don't want to say that's why Tyson Bajan threw the interception, but that couldn't have helped, you know? Um, so here's what Flew said to say, which was just bizarre. Anybody watching, the, I, I said this earlier too, so I apologize if people are here, but like any, if someone turned on the game of football today for the first time and knew nothing about the game or the rules, they would have said, those snaps are not good. The way that that guy in the middle puts the ball through his legs and throws it back to the other guy, whatever his position is. Like, I feel like those should be more accurate. Like anybody, anybody who's knew a lick about football could see that. So. Blues gets asked after the game, you know, what went into making the switch? And I'm just going to read Courtney's tweet here. Courtney Cronin. Um, Matt Eberflew said the change was made because with Tyson Bajan in the game, the Bears, quote, thought it was best for our team to have the guy that had more experience in there playing center. Um, I know Jason Leisure followed up and asked, so they didn't have to do with the snaps. And he said it was just more about settling down and putting the guy that had more experience at center. Okay. Lucas Patrick has 1,237 career snaps at center. Cody Whitehair has 3,882. Which one is more? I believe if my math is correct, Cody Whitehair is the more experienced center. Now, if he's talking about recently, like this season, I guess on one hand, you could say Lucas Patrick has been out there more than Cody this season. Although on a technicality, Cody Whitehair has been the more recent center since he's literally your center right now. Also, if that's your logic, then why? And I'm serious about this. If that's your logic, then it makes such a big difference that the more experienced 
more experience, not more experience, but apparently more recent center is in there to settle things down. Then why didn't Lucas Patrick start over Cody Whitehair? Why did it only matter for your backup quarterback and not your starting quarterback? And it's because we all know the real answer. Cody Whitehair was benched because of his bad snaps. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, the head coach just can't say that. So instead, he makes something up. I understand why he doesn't want to say that because this is supposed to be one of your team leaders, a guy who's been here for a long time. It's not an easy discussion to have when he's publicly benched like that. Cody Whitehair did not talk to the media after the game. Locker was cleared out. Um, I feel like I want to defend Cody because I don't feel like he wants, like he doesn't want to play center. He'd never say that. So maybe I'll just say it for him. I don't think he wants to play center. I think he likes being a guard. I think he's a very good guard. I know he's not as prime anymore, but maybe he's just better off somewhere. Maybe it's just for a guy who has been through a lot of crap football here in Chicago, for someone who's been relatively steady through all of that crap. There's This is a sad sign of things coming to an end for him here. I get what you're saying, and 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 Cody Whitehair has been, you know, a great teammate. He's done everything the Bears ask him to do on a lot of bad teams. You're an NFL center. Get the ball back to the quarterback accurately. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And and I don't really, I'm, I for whatever reason, I'm not really focused on that part of it. I just it bothers me that the head coach just can't say that. Yeah, we were having issues with the snaps, so we made the change. We still had some issues with the snaps, so obviously we got to get better at that, and we're going to work on it this week. Perfectly reasonable answer. That doesn't throw anybody under the bus. Just saying what everybody watching at home can see with their own eyes, and instead you like insult everyone's intelligence by making something up that's false, that's literally false. I think to your point, too, for a culture that's seemingly predicated on calling out mistakes, loafing, like a harsh grading scale on what they're doing on the field, you would seem, it would seem to me that some public accountability would, would be good. I, that's always been confusing to me. Because, he, you know, I mean, in the Chase Claypool situation, there wasn't even, didn't even seem to be much accountability no, with the playing time. Th- until there, was there, like, there was like, there was like, read between the tea leaves, like slights at the end, right? They were three weeks too late in benching him. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, even like Joel Quinville, I covered him for three years. Blackhawks coach won three Stanley Cups. Like, even when, like, we always had that, like, we called it Q speak. Like, you have to translate what he was saying because he was never one to throw players under the bus, but you knew when he would. Like, his go to line, even about Jonathan Taze, even against even Duncan Keith, like his best players, Patrick Kane. Remember what he would say? I thought he was okay. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what he would I thought say. He was okay. If you asked how a player played, 
I thought he was okay. You could read it in his face yeah. that he was disappointed in their play. Some of that would feel refreshing in a sense every now and then through various coaching staffs that we've covered with the Chicago Bears. Uh, it's just... This is the stuff that ha- honestly has me more con- more confused and concerned about the coaching staff than even some of the actual results on the field, if that makes sense. I think there's been an inconsistency and in accountability. Um, I had somebody bring up to me, and I didn't necessarily agree with it, but it was still something that was said, so you know others are thinking it too. How come Chase Claypool got punished for what he said in the media, but Jake, but Justin Fields didn't? Right? Now, I think there's some obvious rebuttals to that. One's the quarterback. One's basically a perfect teammate, and the other wasn't. Right? Um, but same thing here with Cody Whitehair. Cody Whitehair gets benched for some bad snaps, but Claypool wasn't benched for the effort in week one. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where I think there's some that's a good point. I I, I think that's there's actually some, a great point. And and that's not to say that Cody shouldn't have been benched today. Those are the things that like lead to fracturing, to use an old Matt Nagy term, like fracturing the locker room, like losing players. That's my point in bringing that, that up. That's when players start to tune you out. That's when they don't want to go with that extra give you that extra, you know, that, that hustle for you. Yeah. Um, Good thing Caleb Williams played well. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, so what'd you... No, in all honesty, you went out there, what'd you see? So my, my idea behind the whole story, the whole column, was to go down there and... Give a Bears writer's perspective on Caleb Williams because we rarely ever get to see these players in person. I talked to a few scouts and they were like, well, see what he does pregame. See what he does on the sideline. Who is he talking to? How is he celebrating with his with his teammates? Who is he talking to most on the sideline? What's he doing amongst his teammates? And I, I found it fascinating. A couple of things stood out to me like I kind of didn't like how he didn't break down the, the huddle. When given two opportunities, not only did he not break it down, but he wasn't even included in the huddle. You know, I'm talking you mean about like pregame. Like, yeah, uh, the, the okay. pregame huddle. You know, where like, yeah. you yeah. know the the guys give the you know the, the last the final motivational speeches to their teammates. You know, to, to fire everybody up. No, he's on the outside, kind of walking around, talking to the other teammates. Um, like that stood out to me. Um, when the when the offense was preparing to take the field, this is all in my article. It's on the athletic right now. Um, like literally the entire offense was gathered to take the field for their possessions. But Cale Williams was off to the side, kind of throwing in his own, not included in that, that huddle of players, hmm. just little things like that. For the most part, like I liked how he interacted with his teammates on the sideline. I, I have to be honest with you, but um, it looks like, like he's not the biggest of quarterbacks. He's listed at 6'1", 215. I think he might be a little bit shorter than that. I think he struggled to see over his own line and Notre Dame's line, especially when they got the hands up. I think the pressure got to him. Maybe some of the moment got to him in a bit. This was the best team, the best defense he's faced all year. And there were five NFL GMs, including the Chicago Bears' very own Ryan Poles, with co-director, player personnel Jeff King, 
watching from the press box as well on the field before the game. I don't know if they were impressed or not, but we all witnessed Caleb Williams, maybe still the surefire first overall pick in next year's draft, have his worst game as a college quarterback in three years. Yeah, there's a lot of people that will say a lot of good things about him going all the way. He is an exceptional, like on the fly playmaker. Yeah. Like Patch Mahomes like stuff. Elusive. He's tough to bring down. Eyes are down the field. Like part of his pregame routine is actually practicing all these different angle throws. I thought that was unique. Um, I've never seen anything like that, especially the way he was moving his body around and dropping his arm slot and stuff like that. I've never seen anything like that done pregame. He had a very long pregame routine, um, but didn't see it against a very disciplined defense from the Fighting Irish. Um, yeah, he, he kind of played hero ball out there and seemed to trust his own abilities a little bit too much, just kind of throwing up a couple dumb passes, quite frankly. On some of those interceptions. Yeah. But then you saw in that touchdown later in the game when he eluded like three guys, stepped up in the pocket, got out to his left, threw across his body a strike for a touchdown. It was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely it's in there. He's special. And I do think I heard Robert Mays make this point. Um, I was on ESPN 1000 not too long ago that I think Patrick Mahomes and the way he plays, the way he improvises, has changed quarterback evaluations a bit. Mm hmm. That play after the play is so important now with how good these defensive lines are. And Caleb Williams provides that. But you know what? Like, I'm still thinking about what his dad said about going to the the wrong situation. I'm thinking about the Chicago Bears and just the situation they provide. Like, Caleb Williams struggled without protection. The Bears don't exactly have the best protection here. Great receiver in DJ Moore. Good tight end in Cole Komet. Some building blocks with Darnell Wright, maybe Tevin Jenkins, but it's a situation that needs to improve for any quarterback here in Chicago. Yeah, and that's one of the things I was most disappointed in today was just whether it was the coaching, the play on the field, like just the way that they seemed so unprepared for what Minnesota was going to bring them, and we knew it all week after such a good game up front against Washington. Uh, you know, Fields, I, I was, as uh, Tom Thayer was, critical for how he was holding on to the ball. But at the same time, he t- was taking a beating early in that game that was not necessarily his fault either. Although the first play, I'm pretty sure it was. But all right. Well, could be a Tyson Bajan week. We'll have to wait and see if there's any update on Justin Fields tomorrow. My guess is, well, we'll have an injury report come out Wednesday. Unless he's going on IR immediately. Then you might get an update. Yeah. So Just throwing hand. Not good. No. Would have been nice if it was the other hand. Would have been nice if he had just thrown the ball away earlier, too. And not gotten hit. Uh, by the way, Matty Refluse talks at, sounds like, about 1245 tomorrow. So... That will be Do you think he'll clarify what he said about Cody Wire? Why am I blanking on what he tried to clarify earlier last week? What was it? What was the situation that needed clarification? Oh, well, the one where the PR had to clarify it after the last after the Broncos game about Claypool? Yes. About him not being in the building? That one. 
when he said they gave him a choice and he, they really didn't? That one. Yeah. I mean, this isn't quite to that level, but I imagine he will be asked uh, and someone will probably point out to him how Cody Whitehair has played almost triple the amount of snaps. It actually is triple. It's more than triple. The amount of snaps at center than Lucas Patrick has. You don't have your soundboard ready, do you? Because the, the John Fox soundbite, I'm not a math major, would be perfect right now. I was a math major. I wasn't, actually, but... Yeah. I mean, that's just simple math, though, I think. I mean, I can't answer that. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, horse racing. Good time. 380 what days between home wins? Uh, 384, I think. It's somewhere around there. Since the last time the Bears made you happy on a Sunday, too. Because their last two wins have not been on Sundays. I think the Bears should just play in prime time on short weeks all the time. Just Thursday night games so we have nice weekends? Well, they don't have to practice that way. They have less time to prepare and they just play better. I don't know. Oh, boy, man. One and five. Here we go again. All right. Um, we're going to get out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, if you missed it earlier, we had our full CHGO post game show, so you can find that as well, um, either on the CHGO YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts, just like this show right here. Hit subscribe on the Hogan Johns YouTube channel. Find the podcast. Please rate and review it. Send it to a friend. We appreciate it. John's, all these tailgates that we've had for CHGO. I, everyone, where's John's? Where's John's? Like he's covering Notre Dame football now. I don't know what to tell you. Down in South Bend. Yeah. No, but they're asking for you. So I'll stop by one day. Well, I you have- I'll actually, I'll, I'll do it this year. Maybe not next week. If we're watching Tyson Bajan and who? Brian Hoyer? Uh, Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, though. The next one, at, so we only have two left. Aiden O'Connell, isn't he on that team? He is. I think Hoyer was playing. O'Connell might be hurting right now, too. Oh, that'd be interesting if O'Connell played. What's his deal? Because he's, he's a Stevenson grad. Local guy. I don't know if he's hurt right now or what's going on. Um... Officially inactive for week six. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like he was a healthy scratch, though, so I'm not really sure. I think we have a comment to read here from the Duke. You want it? Sure. Let's go. The Duke is a legend, by the way. Uh, Our guy, the Duke, says it's year three. He can't have regressions like this. I wish him well wherever he ends up. But if the Bears have a top two pick, we got to move on. Giraffe talk time, baby. (laughs) I'm guilty of jumping into the draft talk here. But the Bears have, what, 11 more games left? A lot of things can happen. Maybe a crazy win or two. But yes, Duke, we we are there. We are there. We're looking up schedules of J.J. McCarthy and Drake May. Here we are. Yeah. 
All right. Um, you can read John Z in The Athletic. Find that uh, story he has up on Caleb Williams. You can find uh, my instant reaction along with all the others at CHGO at allchgo.com. Uh, you also sign up, become a diehard there, and get my newsletter. Uh, check out hoganjohns.com for all the merch. Follow us on Twitter at hoganjohns as well, our show account. We are out of here. We'll be back Tuesday. We'll see if we have an update on Justin Fields by then and maybe an outlook on what type of week this is going to be. But the Bears, uh, the Bears have a tendency to refuse to just have normal weeks. So something tells me it's going to be like that again. Feels like there's follow-up to this Cody Whitehair situation too. It's this week's controversy. I mean, if there's one guy who's usually always there in his locker. He has not been there in a long time. Oh, really? Two, three weeks running now. Even post game, or oh, just post, in general. Post game, well, even at, at Hell's Hall, I was actually yeah. looking for him this week. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's something to monitor. All right. Well, everybody, enjoy your evening Sunday night game. Uh, and if you're listening to this as a podcast on Monday, hope you have a great Monday. Despite the Bears uh, ruining another Sunday. Talk to you on Tuesday. See ya. New Year, same old f***ing bears. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.